It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon Pee Jug and Hobbs. Episode 43, Moon Pee Jug and Hobbs. Welcome, everybody. Yay. 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 Here's who's on the show. We got some newcomers. Pee Jug, how you doing? Hey, Pee Jug here. Hobbs, how you doing? I was doing good until my microphone fell down. Oh no! I know. There we go. I got a limp microphone. There we go. I don't know. I don't know if I have a ghost in here. That was weird. It just was. Just all of a sudden, it just wanted to flop down. I have a ghost story I'd like to tell you. Ooh. P. Jug and I were at a steakhouse in a small town in Minnesota, and while we were eating, there was a picture on the wall, right next to us. It was actually almost above our table. And the thing was moving, like side to side, or like front to back, or like yeah, like side know? to side. Okay, just started swaying basically. Yeah, you remember that? Yes. And so, yeah, flim bucket, yummy. And so, hold on, just a second. <laughs> ah, <laughs> hold on. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so i called the server over <laughs> right i called the server over and i go is this place haunted she's like well what do you mean haunted and i said this picture it keeps moving all on its own there's nobody here but us she goes well look straight above it and there was like a, a furnace vent <laughs> and it was moving this picture. Uh, okay. That's what they want you to think. That's what the ghost wants you to think. <laughs> Don't fall yeah. for a moon. Yeah. Trust your instincts. That was probably a haunted steakhouse. <laughs> and then the other voice you're hearing would be Trevor Thompson. How you doing, Trevor? Great. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor and Hobbs have met mm. on more than one occasion. Yes. And it was all at open mic nights yeah. at different stand-up places. Do, what were the name of those places, uh, Hobbs? Well, we ran each other at Acme and the Terminal Bar. Terminal and- Bar was, dude, I love the Terminal Bar. Yeah. That's, such a, that's such a hard room. If you can, if you can take Terminal Bar and like, you know, make it into a good set, you know, you can, you can win over any crowd. It's the bar owner and about six other comics. Yeah, you all sit in this room in these pull-up chairs, and um, people will talk to you during your set. Right. I'm just saying that, like, that's not necessarily the the place I test my TV set for Middle America. I'm just, you know, that's that's all like, you know, there's a bit of a shock factor with that one because you got to wake up the people because a lot of people at that place it's their local bar, so Mm -hmm. they just sit up in the front, and then comedy just happens to them. Whether they want it or not, if they yeah. want to go, they want to go somewhere else. They can, but they don't, you know. And so, you know, the 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 real the real challenge, and this happens in a lot of comedy rooms. But mm-hmm. the real challenge is engaging everyone in the bar front to back. And sometimes you have to say something quite shocking or do something kind of outrageous to snap the attention mm-hmm. to the front of the stage because really they just want to talk about, you know, how bad the halftime show was for the Super Bowl or whatever they're talking about. You know, I think my favorite room to see comedy in was a place called the lap stop in Houston. And it was the first time I ever really became a regular. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. where I was there as much as some of the standups, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I loved it so much. Yeah. There's nothing better than laughing. And if you can go to a comedy club, it's always affordable. If you got to buy a couple of drinks, who cares? Right. I mean, you know, think about it. You're going to be drinking anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well buy uh, two drinks at the club and watch the people do their stuff. Uh, the very first time I went to the lap stop, I had been invited by the owner. His name was Mark Babbitt, and he was very well known in comedy circles. As a matter of fact, if you talk to a lot of the standups now that are on the road, they mm-hmm. know Mark because Mark booked them. Mark would bring these uh, comics from the laugh stop to our morning show on a radio station. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he brought me so many great people, Ron white. He brought mm-hmm. me, um, Jake Johansson, mm-hmm. Brian Regan, uh, Cheech Marin. Wait, uh, Cheech like from Cheech and Chong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he brought us everybody that was on the road at that time. Joe Rogan was a very, uh-huh. we had Rogan on, I don't know how many times. Uh, I remember when Ron white walked in, 7 a.m. with a scotch and a cigar. And I said, hey, Ron, well, you know, thanks for coming by. I know it's early. You know, you're not really supposed to smoke in here. Yeah. And he and he's like, uh-huh. And just <laughs> kept smoking. <laughs> and that's why I love that man. The, he came to Mystic Lake and they're like, oh, this is, it was before when it was a dry uh, casino oh. and you couldn't have alcohol because it was part of the charter of the, of you know, the tribal charter. They were like, Ron White's there to perform at Mystic Lake. And he's like, I'm not doing it without booze. And they're like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's illegal on the reservation. And so, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I heard they kind of worked something out. You know, I saw the show the following time he was in the state and he did Treasure Island because of the booze thing. Yep. And so when he went to Treasure Island, he spent like at least 20 minutes ripping on Mystic. Yeah. Okay, and then he got so hammered after the show, he got on one of those little uh, four wheelers. Yep, and he was crashing into slots and all. <laughs> I mean, he was. Oh, yeah, that's why I want to be a comic man, so I could do that. Exactly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Don't get in trouble. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I think the very first comic I ever saw live was Rodney Dangerfield. Oh. No oh, kidding. You saw Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I yep. love that man. That, that's a that's yeah, a piece of history right there. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom and dad took us all to mm-hmm. Vegas. And, you know, there was a comedy show at the uh, casino they were staying at. And they thought, well, let's do that. And uh, eventually we went to another comedy place. And it was called the Comedy Stop at the Trop, which is the Tropicana. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And it's a big room. Lots of couches. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of a different sort of a room. (laughs) Whoever was on stage that night, my mom and dad became the victim of their act. Nice. (laughs) He started asking them how many times they did it every week. Okay. I mean, mean, he was really asking a lot of stuff. Where were you sitting in the room? Where were you guys in proximity to the stage? two, three rows back on the right side. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty close to center stage. (laughs) I'll tell you the time that I got terrified. I went to the State Theater to see Lisa Lampanelli. Mm -hmm. And she is an attack comic. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so she comes back 
And I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's going to pick me out. And this is going to be a horrible experience. Were you wearing that shirt? Uh, no, I, I was not wearing that shirt. I would totally think <laughs> you were wearing that shirt. Because if that's the uh, shirt, I don't, don't even think you can blame Lisa. <laughs> uh, she went past me to a woman in a wheelchair. Okay. And she starts saying, hey, you know, and she starts ripping this woman and her disability. I mean, it was just brutal. But the whole room was laughing. But was she laughing? Was the lady in the chair cool with it? The lady in the chair was laughing her ass off. Okay. Okay. As long as she's cool with it. Yeah. Everybody, everybody was laughing. I mean, I had no idea how brutal Lisa Lampanelli could be. Yeah. So the last couple of nights we've been, you know, trying to stay away from watching every episode of succession. So <laughs> we watch stand up on YouTube. Sure. Uh, we just watched uh, an hour and a half of Bob Saget. He was a wordsmith. He could, and he was so fast on his feet and everybody was so surprised, you know, how different his live act obviously was than, you know, mm-hmm. the image that had been portrayed in that. But anybody right. who knew him when he was coming up as a comic was like, no, that's the way Bob is. I know that when we watched him, I could not believe in that short amount of time, how many cuss words you can get in. I think he holds the record. No. Oh yeah. It was. No. I know. No. You haven't heard me on stage. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a challenge now. I'm gonna look it up. There's a there's a lot of comics though that like really double down on the swears. But yeah, but Bob, but he had, but he had to because he had to reclaim himself. Because after you know, or that I always want to call it home alone, but you know what I mean. Full house. Oh, there you yeah. go. Um, then he did America's oh. Funniest Home Videos, and he had to do all these yes, yes. all these really dumb jokes. And if you look back at those old episodes, you can just see him dying inside. So I'm so proud of him that he got back to his roots and was just like, you know what? Screw this. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people think. I I just want to do this, and and plus my episodes still run, and I'm still getting residuals. So. And then P Jug, uh, who's your favorite comic? Tiffany Norton. How about that? There you go. Tiffany Norton. Hey, hey, hey. I wasn't solicited at all by me. <laughs> I thought she was going to say Kathleen Madigan because I know she likes her. Yep. Yeah, she's good. There's a lot of great comics out there. Wendy Liebman. Oh, I love her. I've met her. She is adorable in real life. You know what? You know who they're thinking about? Oh, God. Is it for the, I don't know if it's for the Oscars or whatever, but Wanda Sykes. The other night when we were on Netflix, I saw one of her specials. Yeah. And I, I should have clicked on it. That's the night I got gap again. Uh, we can talk about other things. Sure. Uh, why don't we talk about the Super Bowl? Since it's been almost a week now, mm-hmm. the prop bets this year were amazing. You could bet on what color the Gatorade would be that soaked the winning coach. Ah, yes, yes. You could bet on the length of the Star Spangled Banner or the National Anthem. Uh, You could bet on what the MVP would talk about first during his after-game interview. Was it his team? Was it God? Was it the city he was from? I lost my bet. I gave four and a half points, and I shouldn't have. But I was okay with the game. I thought there were a couple of bad calls and uh, the halftime show. I didn't know what to think about that because Snoop Dogg the day before that whole halftime show was accused of something horrible. And I didn't even know where that story went, but it kind of went away. 
Then I'm watching the Super Bowl, and I didn't know if Snoop was even to get a chance to play because the NFL wants a clean image. They don't want you know people yeah. that are in trouble with the law uh, featured for their halftime show to the globe. I am not into rap much. However, the whole show, the production of it, I thought was pretty solid. Snoop was good. Mary J. Blige was good. This story is balancing around. Uh, a woman is this, uh, alleging sexual assault nine years ago. That's why I thought they weren't even going to use him. They told him he couldn't smoke weed on the on the field, right on stage, and so he smoked walking up to the field. There's a video of him like taking a hit of a blunt and putting yeah. it out as he goes up. I did I see saw that. that. I think the whole show was weird. I, I don't like how choreographed it all is and how much the audio is just playback. I wish it was a bit more like a live, like short concert, you know? The thing about the Super Bowl show is that a lot of it is what they call audio enhanced, meaning lip synced. It's all, and it's, but it was, that's what I'm saying. It was so obviously lip synced and it was so, I don't know. I, I thought it was cool to see all the rap people getting like, you know, the recognition. Honestly, I think rap deserves um, as, as like a hip hop fan, but the selection could have been better. When you watch a show, the closer the microphone is to the performer's mouth, mm -hmm. the better the chances are of a lip syncer, right? If they cover their mouth with their mic, it's so that you can't see the difference. Well, and if you have your mic that close to your mouth anyway, yeah, you wouldn't normally sing that way, especially yeah. if you're trying to hit high notes or, you mm -hmm. know, any of that kind of stuff. I had a totally different reaction to it. I love that it was very much that the whole set was very much about L.A., those guys don't get paid to do the Super Bowl. No performers do. And you just really? get a budget for, yeah. And you just get a budget for your set. And so, but you can kind of do whatever you want with your set. So I thought it was cool the way that they embodied a lot of people because you can just take that and just be like, you know, just do it yourself and a couple of dancers if you want to. But the fact that they had such a big bill and I liked it. None of it was like overly sexual or any of that kind of stuff. That's that's always been the complaint. The whole like 50 cent thing people are saying on the Internet, oh, 50 cent got big. And it's like like people are trying to body shame 50 cent. But I don't think they realize 50 cent just got jacked. Yeah. 50 cent just like graduated from weightlifting university, man. Like he I don't know what he's been doing during COVID, but yeah, I, he's been I, beefing it up. The first time I saw him on stage and Trevor, you'll remember this because we watched the game together. I said. Is that Florida? Because Florida's ripped. <laughs> I can't remember what the name of the album is, but the cover of him is 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 shirtless, and it is it is it's pleasant. We got a lot to uh, get to know Trevor. Trevor is my son. Mm -hmm. When Trevor was born, he came out and his hips were displaced. Mm. And in the ultrasound, we were able to see that that was going to happen. He tested positive for Down syndrome. It was really strange because they wanted to bring us down to the Houston Medical Center and use it at that time, the 3D imaging ultrasound. All right. Okay. So when they did this ultrasound, you could see on the screen, of course, Trevor inside the womb, but you could also see the needle that was being inserted because they have to take out amniotic fluid. Yeah. And Trevor was reaching for the needle inside <sighs> the womb and we could see it. You little drug addict. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> trying to grab that needle. I know. <laughs> just, just a fiend. Yeah. And so anyway, after that procedure was over, uh, come to find out the doctor was a, what we called a prize pig at our radio station. Oh. A lot of people don't understand what a prize pig is. But so a prize nice. pig might have three or four phones at their home. And they all have what's called demon dialers and they hook them up to their phones to rapid dial over and over and over again. And they would get four lines. And I mean, when we were giving away tickets and money and all that stuff, we would, you know, have to take their names and they would start to change their voices, try yep. to do impressions of other people. Mm -hmm. They would use fake social security numbers, you name it. And they would enlist their friends. That was the most common one I saw wow. when I worked in promotions was they would, they would be like, Trevor, give me your, you know, give me your information. PJ, give me your information. Uh -huh. And then, you know, we probably shouldn't be explaining. This does get played on an affiliated with a radio station. We probably shouldn't fit, tell them how to do this. It's impossible to penetrate our security uh, team. Do you want to give the first name of the biggest prize pig we had? Cause you probably remember. Oh God. Well, there was a Brian. This is what always was like kind of baffling to me. I figured out who he was. He had multiple other aliases basically and friends that, and he had, he knew their mailing address. He knew their birthday. He knew them. He knew everything and they all had a different last name. So it wouldn't affect whether the household could win. And he, I remember one day I saw him, he came in to come in because we made him come and collect certain prizes in person. If it's over a certain dollar amount, you got to sign for it. We got to see your ID, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he's attractive. I was surprised. I don't know what I thought a prize pig looked like. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing with a lot of these contest pigs. I would give them a prize on the air. And on my way home, I would punch around to see what other stations were doing. Mm -hmm. And I would hear them winning on other stations. Sure. No way. I worked with a dude who did that, but he did it. He did it in the way that I think is, it's not illegal. He worked at a bank with me. And he was a loan officer and he had two phones at his desk. So he would just, he would intermittently dial both and have one on each shoulder going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now that I think is fair play. But yeah. when you're getting like, when you're buying the extra equipment and doing all that, now you're, now you're, it's, it's supposed to be a game. <laughs> you know what I did the other day? I bought a share of Google stock. It's their parent company named Alphabet. Okay. One share was $2,800. Okay. Wow. I've been watching it and it's going south. It's going down. In July, I think it's July 1st, they're going to do a 20 for one stock split. So mm. instead of having one share, I'll have 20 shares. Sure. They won't be worth $2,800. Nope. But I'll have 20 shares yeah. of Google. Yeah. And if you hold on, those stock splits are nice if they work out, but they can, they can work out really well. I'm going to write that down. I should Especially do that. with a company like Google. If you take a look at what Google owns, I mean, they own YouTube. They own, they own so much. It's incredible. I think they're the third largest corporation in America. Man, I'm just always going to be broke, aren't I? Trevor's like, yeah, you are. You, we're, you, we're in this together. 
Yep. <laughs> I was read, I was I was reading that recently though that you're uh, Trevor, your generation, not to genderize you, because um, you were identifying as X I'm, or Z. I'm Gen X, but your generation is particularly not optimistic about the economic future and about democracy and the way things and the direction of our country and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I I don't blame you. It kind of feels like Generation X. We were supposed to be kind of the next ones to take the lead, but you know, the baby boomers and the people that are slightly older, they just, they, they won't leave. I was, I talked to Trevor earlier. He was over here earlier today mm -hmm. and we were talking about my Facebook friends because I went through my Facebook list to try to find people to get on the podcast. I had thought I had somebody booked for today, but I couldn't remember who was right. So if it was you, uh, maybe we could do you next week. Uh, and so as I glanced through my 14 or 1500 Facebook friends, mm -hmm. I'm thinking that one's dead. That one's dead. <laughs> that one's dead. That one's dead. And this went on and on and on. Yeah. And you know, this happens when I go to my contact list in my phone. Yeah. Mine's and starting like, to do that. Oh, it's not good. No. So on that happy note, back to Trevor. <laughs> so Trevor was born. He grabbed the needle. He came out of the womb. His hips were completely displaced. They straightened out, as the doctor said. He became an outstanding citizen, an outstanding student. He became a graduate of the University of Minnesota. And guess what he wants to be when he grows up? What? A psychotherapist. Mm. Trevor, let's talk about that a little bit. What, why would you have that field in mind? Because you and I had never talked about what you were going to be when you grew up. When you went to college at first, you just took your regular stuff. When did you decide psychotherapist might be something good for me? Shortly after I started reading Freud and reading just philosophy in general. It's a good place to use that stuff, that knowledge. And you get to learn about a lot about humanity and teaches you a lot about discipline and uh, holding your tongue and teaches you uh yeah i mean you, you really just get to interact with really you know just a ton of different people really intimately i am in it to help people but i think that, that that's a side effect of learning and you know having discourse with someone over about their issues and then you can implement you know different uh interventions to maybe try to help but i'm not really at that point where i know how to uh, necessarily turn someone's life around i'm kind of just here to listen right now mm -hmm. that's good and you've seen a therapist a time or two over your course of your life. Yeah, of, of course. And I have to start going again now that I'm, so I'm going to grad school. So I'll have to start seeing a therapist just because if you don't know, you, like you kind of have to, like, it's just part of the whole process. Think about, I, think about it. Like, a, like I, I work uh, part-time in a tattoo shop now. And I think about how a lot of those guys, like you don't really see tattooers that aren't tattooed, you know, it's like, you have to go through something and be the client you know, in every which way that you can so that you can go and, and help people. You become like a guinea pig for your for your discipline. Um, and that's kind of like a part of it, like a unique part of the process. Uh -huh. Didn't you say you have to do like 300 hours once you're qualified for free mm. before you can start charging? Or how does that it's work? Se it's, it's 700 hours. I'll be doing my internship. If I go to a meeting with my colleagues or a supervision, that's part of my 700 
if I go to a seminar, that's part of my 700. If I do notes for a client, that's part of my 700, right? So it's not just the face-to-face -face interaction. It's it can be really a, a, a you know a multitude of things. Or you could just go to a 700-hour seminar. <laughs> I wonder if they have those. That's a that's a substantial internship. It's like three months of basically yeah. full time. Full time unpaid. Yeah. I was gonna say you can volunteer at least a couple hours a week with your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take some notes. Yeah. Yes, and his wife. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll and Tiffany Norton. <laughs> yeah, I'll take some. I'll, yeah, I can definitely use the hours. Mm -hmm. I can for sure use the hours. Yeah, I'll just I'll just be a punching bag. I'll just let you take out all your <laughs> all your frustration of the days, and you can just because I've I've had a few, you know, my fair share of psych jobs now, and uh, a lot of clients when they get really they'll get they can get hostile at you. You know, there are there are people that will get right and they'll get fired up at you, and they'll start saying really horrible things about you, and you and at some point you learn to just go. Okay. And, and it's this weird security that you kind of learn through the craft um, and who you are by, you know, having to be just completely berated by people. Yep. You have to do well, that you, as a comic too. You got yeah. it. It's about insulating yourself. You have mm -hmm. to insulate yourself from, because you're going to be the negative emotions. You have to go, well, th those are yours. Those mm -hmm. are yours. And I'm over here. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, you know, nonetheless, it does affect you to some extent. And then that's sure. actually a, a whole part of, um, therapy called counter transference that you have to deal with a lot in supervision. And oh, yeah. Freud likes the transference. Trevor reads a lot of books, by the way, like all. Yes. Lot. Yeah, I don't really read textbooks. I read a lot of philosophy. There's a lot of like the old stuff. I've been reading Dave Grohl's new book. I got 16 pages in, and I got distracted and haven't picked it back up again. Uh, after three yeah. months, you've got that far. Yeah. Yeah. I well, the thing about reading is that it's uh it's a practice, right? So. A lot of people yeah. will be like, oh, I know you read a lot. You know, can you suggest me a book? And I'll say, like, are you, do you read every day or do you read three times a week at least? Or, you know, or, and, I, and they'll say no. And I'll be like, I'm not going to recommend you a book because you're not going to read it. You know, I love books, but I'm so out of reading. But I mm -hmm. collect, I love to collect books and mm -hmm. I'm going to get back to it. P. Jug, what was the last book you read? Do you remember? No. Um, something about MS, I think, related. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. I'm reading the classics in kind of a way. Um, yes. I never actually, well, in a <laughs> in kind of a way. Um, I, the, the thing I'm working on right now is I am reading the actual Game of Thrones series. I loved, I've seen the actual television series four times and I've never mm. read the source material and it's mm. wildly different. It's mm. really interesting how much more different the characters come across in the book as opposed to what HBO did with them. But yeah, I was, my minor in college was psychology and, and I took a lot of philosophy classes and stuff. So I, I, I always liked that, but I didn't, I think I, I, I love the idea of helping people and, and all of the, everything behind psychology, but I always just felt like in my heart, I know I'm too messed up and I'll probably just make it worse for someone else. No, I think that's why I think, I think that's who makes a great therapist is the super messed up people that have been through some really bad shit i don't know if i can swear in this podcast yeah. but uh but you know i think the people that like the best therapists are the ones that know what's up you know it's not some person that's just lived in their ivory tower for their whole life and you know there's yeah right I, I think you got to go through it you know it's like yeah. think about it, it's like aa to be a sponsor you got to like you know go to hell and back true and, and survive so like louder milk yeah kind of like louder milk yeah you can find it on amazon prime and it is amazing. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. 
you want to know what the last book I read was? What? Um, the Zach Sobiak. Ah, book. yes, that's right. Clouds. Written, yep, the Clouds book about uh, a kid that you know Stacy and I became uh, you know close with, who had osteosarcoma uh, during his treatment and his failing health. He became a rock star. He did a song. Yeah. He, he did a video. It got you know probably fourteen million views. Uh, a movie was made, aired on Disney. I got a signed book from his mom, Laura, and I was so you know proud uh, that uh, she would you know sign a book for me. And I hadn't read a book in years. The only thing about this book was I knew how it ended. Yeah, and that's was Zach losing his life. Yeah. So with about fifteen pages left, maybe twenty, I sat the book down, and I didn't read it for almost a year. Eventually, I got the courage up. I read the last, you know, X amount of pages. It was a good book. I enjoyed reading it. There was a lot of stuff about Zach I did know, a lot of stuff I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I asked I asked his mom if I could be an extra in the movie. Yes. <laughs> and that did work out. <laughs> a lot of people asked, and it was like, well, but I was there. Like, don't you need someone to hold the door? And it's like, yeah, no. We're yeah. We're casting out of L.A., not Minneapolis. Right. Yes, right. And then I watched the movie, and it was well done as well. Mm -hmm. You don't get on Disney if it's not well done. Right. Mm -hmm. Because everything Disney is top shelf. Well, and it was Nev Campbell, I think, that played Laura, Zach's mom, right? Wasn't that who was cast? Because I always loved her because we got to see her. at We got to see them the cast at the Mall of America, and I was like, you're so cool. Yeah, it was a good book. It was a sad story. I'll tell kind of a personal story about Zach if I can. Uh, I don't think the family would be upset with me if I did this, but uh, Zach performed at one of our events and he sang clouds to a room of about, I don't know, 200 people or so. Mm -hmm. And he did it acoustically, just him and his guitar. And he was not having a good day. He was feeling terrible yeah. from the chemo. And uh, before he went on stage, I said, Hey, uh, you got a second? And so he comes over, I said, I have done something for many, many years, and that is give people who I think need some luck a $2 bill. And I would always keep $2 bills with me. Mm -hmm. And I had one, and I gave it to Zach. Nice. And I said, hey, Zach, I said, I have no idea if there's any magic in this $2 bill, but I've been doing this for a long time, and I have seen some magic in it. And I hope that happens for you as well. And he's like, well, that's really cool. I'll keep it. I go, great. And so we went up and performed, you know, and I remember when I went to his funeral, I'll never forget this. Uh, I rode my motorcycle. And at that time I was still walking with a cane. Mm -hmm. Okay. There was no place to park because there were like a thousand cars. Oh yeah. It was huge. And yeah. so I parked illegally knowing that I wasn't going to stay, you know, too long because I had to ride from, you know, the church, uh, which was near Stillwater, back to the station and be there by two o'clock. And so I get my cane, I hobble up these massive stairs, and I finally get to the top of the stairs and inside the church. And I'm thinking that, that almost killed me to just get to this point. Mm -hmm. And I saw somebody and I said, um, do you know where there's a restroom? 
And they said, yeah, you got to go downstairs. Oh, and then it, it's on the other side of the building. Oh. <laughs> so then I got to go. Right. So then I got to go all the way down some more steps. And I'm basically crawling my way up. Uh, and I was early. And there was a little gathering before the service. And that's what I was trying to go to. Visitation, I think it's called. Yes. So I asked the people uh, after I get back to the top of the steps, hey, where's the visitation? And they pointed to a building that was about 150 yards away. No. No. <laughs> it, it was a lot for me to physically do. Sure. But but you couldn't have kept me from doing it. Yeah. I, I was going to go. Yep. I didn't care what it took. So I got there spent some time with the family. They've always been so kind to me. It's just been amazing. I mean, we had so many great experiences, you know, with Rob and Laura and everybody in the, in that whole, you know, in their band and, and everything, a firm handshake. Six months later, his mom and I run into each other and she said, I have something for you. And I said, what is it? She pulls out my $2 bill. Oh, oh. He kept that. And I said, how did you find that? And she said, Zach had it in his iPhone case. It was a beautiful story with a sad ending. Yeah. But I think it brought a lot of dollars for research because cancer needs to be figured out and it needs to be figured out now. I mean, we have too many people. Last week's guest, stage four pancreatic cancer. You know, we need to figure that stuff out. Yep. Trevor, you just got back from Germany, by the way. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring that up because after he got out of college, he wanted to go uh, experience the world. And he got involved in a little bit of schooling and went over to Germany. Tell us what that was like, because I don't think I've ever spent more than one day there. And it was at the Frankfurt airport where I got a bad chicken salad sandwich. I don't know. It was cool. I uh, went there in September and uh, traveled around. Unfortunately, I didn't go to Europe because of all the COVID regulations, things changing every day, and who knows where I'll be. And I was supposed to go to this program. I didn't want to miss anything. So I stayed in Germany, traveled around quite a bit, ended up settling down in Munich. It was actually quite unfortunate circumstances. My work permit uh, didn't get didn't get approved or my work contract didn't get approved for my residence visa, which gets you your work permit so I could start earning income. So I was living off savings. Yeah. And then they pretty much told me like, Hey, you know, we can't accept this at this time. So you got to get out of here. I uh, left the country. I said, ciao, ciao Deutschland. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I got on a train back to America or not a train. I got on a flight. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a new train. There's a new train. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when you were over there, we talked on video chat all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's They do things so much differently there. Mm -hmm. And it seems that a lot of the things that they do are pretty simple and we could apply them here. You, didn't you say you have to give three months notice to quit yeah, a job? Yeah, yeah. So tr like a lot of times in Germany when you get a job, um, you'll get hired and then you don't start working for three months. And then when you want to quit your job, you have to give them a three month notice. 
uh in america you know it's two weeks if you're nice right yeah um yeah so the three month rule that was kind of weird what else do they do they all they all they have a ton of really good trains a really good train system which i really loved you know there were differences i liked in hayden like another a, a cultural kind of social difference is that people don't really talk to each other and i really like that uh at first i hated it and i was like ah the people here are so cold you know but then i realized people would i got back to america and servers come up and they go hi how can i help you how are you doing today and i'm like you don't know me you know like you don't know like, why are you asking me this I, I would like one hamburger please you know <laughs> you know or people try to talk to me i'm like i don't i don't you know i don't know you i don't want to talk to you and i, I really you know no disrespect but yeah but and uh yeah i don't know i like that uh i didn't like the government i kind of i don't want to say anything about it on the podcast just because because you might want to go back yeah well and i also might not be able to i might be in some trouble trouble like yeah i might be in some trouble with them so <laughs> what yeah is that why you're in a dark room trevor like no <laughs> I just had it was lit by the by the sun, but obviously okay. the sun's coming down. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It was fun. I got to go to like the mountains. I lived, you know, in Munich was great. I had a ton of friends. Is the um, beer better there? Yes and no. So, yes, in that you'll okay, you'll never get a really crappy beer like in America. You know, you have Coors Light, Bush Light, Natty Light, Keystone Light. You know, and you have Hams, and you have all these things. And, uh, you, you know, you'll never get like a, a really, really bad beer there. Right. Okay. They're all, they will always be good with a few exceptions. You really got to try though. You know, um, there they had less choices. Right. So a lot of times if you go to a bar, they're going to ask and you order a beer, they're going to go, do you want light, dark or wheat beer? Oh, okay. And, and that's, that's it. You just get there's, tight. There's, beer. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no companies. There's no different flavors. There's no nothing. It's just, you walk in and there's like, they just go, hey, you want light, you want light, darker wheat. Oh, that's and, terrible. That's like North Korea. Yeah. No, but the thing is, the beer was old. But the thing is, the light beer, and I always got the, I'm a Hellas. It's called Hellas. Uh, and I would always get Hellas. And I loved it. Honestly, I loved it. Okay. Also, also how they, like the beer culture there, here you get a case, uh, you get a, like a cardboard box or a plastic top snap of a four pack or a six pack of aluminum cans there. And it costs, you know, I mean, and if you get a good can of, you know, a good case of beer, it can cost 10, maybe 15, you know, dollars for a six pack or I don't know. I guess, it, you know, it depends what you're drinking, but there you could always get the top tier beer, a half a liter for 90 cents. And if you want yeah. to just get completely shit faced okay. all night, you would just need, you just need just Three six, bucks. Yeah, six bucks, five bucks. And you could okay. just get smashed, you know, like, every, you know, all day, every day, if you wanted wasn't it cheaper um, than the water? And so, yeah, in most places, yeah. And they 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 put in a rule which is supposed to stop that from happening, right? They because that you know, think they were trying to fight alcoholism and they're trying to um, sure. And and but I mean, there was a point where yeah, it was way cheaper than water. That I that's true in Wisconsin too. I've been in bars where the bottled water is more expensive than the tap beer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that's three dollars. I'm like, how much is the beer? Like buck fifty. I'm like, well, I'm drinking beer. What about yeah. the food? They do things different from here because things are there are a lot more healthy, um, and but they're also a lot less tasty uh, I, sometimes. But they also have like way more multiculti, like multi multicultural stuff. Mm -hmm. um, where here, you know, we have, you know, we have hamburgers and we have like all that like American food, and then we, you know, we have little like, 
maybe we, you know, we have some Mexican places. We maybe got some, like, you know, Japanese or Asian kind of like Italian. sushi and Italian. You know, we got, but there it's like everything. It's just so multi multicultural. Like, it's got its own like little uh, cultural flair. Um, okay. uh, and the 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 part of Germany I lived in was Bavaria, um, and in Bavaria they eat it's like the traditional when you think of like germans as the people that stand on the mountain with the leader hosen and they have a girlfriend with big boobs and she has like two huge jugs of uh of a beer you know yeah. and, and they're both going right that that <laughs> that's not that's like obviously not real it's just a stereotype but um yeah. but that's the kind of the part of germany that i was living in and so that all that tradition like traditional food like they have pork knuckle they have um, mm. spaghetti. It's like this fried spaghetti. They have um, a lot of pretzels. All uh, the pretzels, they, yeah. they had this stuff called Flammkuchen. I used to li- I used to live in this little city called Waderstetten. It was a little it was a little village, and there's a, a restaurant called Alterhof. And at Alterhof, I would go and get Flammkuchen. And Flammkuchen is it's actually a French food, but it was really adopted by the Germans. Um, what is and it? It's, it's like a it's kind of like a pizza except no it's a pizza with um no um tomato sauce and onions and bacon and garlic oh, it's really good you know one of the things we haven't talked about is where you can see Hobbs do stand up where's that at well, you know, I've got two shows coming up. One next Wednesday. It is a fundraiser. We were talking about cancer earlier in the uh, podcast. My dear friend, Sarah McPeck, who is uh, a great comedian in town. She is a producer of comedy shows. She went in to have a dental appointment. She thought she had a problem with her tooth. They went in there, tumor. So we're having a fundraiser benefit for her next Wednesday at Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis. We would love to see you. If you can't make it to the show, you can always um, ask us and contribute to her GoFundMe, but it's Sarah McPeck. And then I'll be headlining at the House of Comedy Sunday, February 27th, and it's a 7 o'clock show. And then, uh, Trevor, you want to promote something, too. Yeah, it's these group of guys. Uh, I really hate them a lot. And I think you should all go check them out on Instagram and on Spotify. They're called Beat Generation on Instagram at Beachin, Beachin, and on Spotify uh, and Apple Music and anywhere you stream stuff as uh, yeah, Beat Generation. They're, just, they're a music group that make really bad music. And I think you should go, <laughs> you should, you should go cyber bully them and um, engage in their content. <laughs> even engage in their content even if it's negative right yeah you should report them yes <laughs> i want to i want to take down their instagram page thank you for listening to this podcast yes thank you yeah subscribe you can download you can click you can do all those things share like whatever you got to do uh you know trevor uh since we're running out of time we'll have to have you back the next time i can't remember who the guest is yeah <laughs> Can I, can I can I say can I say something in uh, traditional Bavarian German to end the show today? Absolutely. All right, ready? Yeah. Th- thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. I'm your special guest, Trevor Thompson, and Spinny oda Bimmy and Himmy oda Habak Shimmy off and Pimmy. International. You know what? Yeah. Our numbers are going to spike in Germany. <laughs> Put it in the hashtags, Moon. It's an old Bavarian saying, and it just means. I'm crazy or my head's in the sky like I'm God or I have a fungus on my penis. So. <laughs>
<laughs> it's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. Ha, 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 ha.